Hello and welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. Our mission is to make government contracting better, one contract at a time. Whether you work for government or industry, this is the place to learn how the other side thinks. Today's topic is the uniform contract format. Join us today and learn why government contracts are laid out in sections like they are. All right, let's get started. Hey, Kevin, today we're going to talk about the uniform contract format. We are. The uniform contract format is the framework of government contracts. And if you don't understand this framework, you risk losing money and wasting time. So let's not do that. <laughs> Before we get started, I have a couple of announcements. First of all, we hit 50,000 downloads. That's, yeah, that's pretty cool. So it's kind of funny. Remember when we, in the early episodes, we said, oh, we have 3,000 downloads. Yeah, 50,000 times. Pretty cool. So thank you for spreading the word about the podcast and, and helping us grow. Yeah, that's awesome. The second announcement, this is pretty cool. I'm going to be doing a TEDx talk here in Tampa Bay, at the TEDx t- Tampa Bay. And for those of you who are familiar with TED, it's this not the is an movie. opportunity. We're not talking about the movie, the, the, the Donnie, the... <laughs> We're not talking about the not, movie not, with the Wahlbergs, not that TED. Yes, yeah, not, not that TED. If you're familiar with TED Talk, if you'd like to learn more about it, go to TEDxTampaBay.com and you can register for the presentation. It's on September 5th. Thanks. All right, back to the good stuff. Okay, so what are we talking about here? The uniform contract format is the way government contracts, for the most part, are laid out. It's actually required for FAR Part 15 contracts. This is their first of a a few far references we got here. We mentioned this briefly, this idea of the uniform contract format in episodes 10 and 11, where we talked about sections L and M, but there's been enough interest in questions about it that we thought we'd go through this in more detail here. The word uniform is the key concept here. There's lots and lots of RFPs. There needs to be some consistency between them. Yeah. And, and this isn't about bureaucracy. It's about efficiency. I mean, Kind of the other option is just to have contracting officers just make up their own contract formats. I mean, you want to talk about slowing things down. That's a great way to do it. <laughs> and, you know, if, those of us who have commercial contracts, I mean, you understand that the, this vendor charges this way. This vendor you can pay on his website. This vendor over here has a different set of You spend of half your time and, trying to figure out where in your contract it says all that stuff. Exactly. So that, this is about efficiency. Just like a lot of things we talk about, people get they, – they feel like it's the government being bureaucratic and it's – it's not, but it's also about making sure that it, it gets things done. Uh, you might think it's annoying that the FAR actually defines what a contract shall look like, but boy, would you miss it if it wasn't there. All right, so FAR <laughs> 15.204 is where it tells you it's about this. kind of twisted, but great. <laughs> that, that is twisted, but great. Sorry. All right, keep going. FAR 15.204 lays out the uniform contract format, and it's paragraphs A through M. I'm going to read these very quickly just so you hear the order that it lays them out in. You've seen it in all your contracts, I'm sure. Section, or First, I'll say we call them sections of the contract, but it's literally just the paragraph of the FAR that that section is described. So paragraph A is the solicitation contract form, the cover page. Paragraph B is supplies and services and the prices and costs. So this is where the CLINs are described. Section C is a description or the spec or the statement of work. Section D is the packaging and marking instructions. Paragraph E is an inspection and acceptance requirements. F is deliveries or performance. This is the period of performance when things are due. 
Section G is contract administration data, data, data. And that's, that's the money part of it. That's, that's where the funding is. Section H, special contract requirements. So these are clauses and other things you need to know that aren't, uh, aren't in the rest of the FAR, I'll say. Section I is a whole list of contract clauses, lots of them sometimes. Section J is all of the other documents that, that are attached to the contract and therefore part of the contract. And then we get to sections K, L, and M. K is your representations and certifications. Section L is part of the RFP. This is the instructions to offers that tell you how to submit a proposal. And section M are the evaluation factors for award. And we'll talk about those again in a minute. But my point here, there are paragraphs in the FAR that over time have become sections referred to as sections of the contract but their paragraph g is contract admin data it's also section g it's kind of like a, a 401k is called that because out of some regulation or an 8a certification same thing it's just the, the regulation turned into what we refer to it as so what else do you know. call There's it that it's that paragraph's title yeah no let's make it easy when do you see the uniform contract? It's as, as I said before, it's required for FAR Part 15 contracts, and it's, it really is in the majority of requests for proposals and contracts. It may be used in others, for example, FAR 13.5. Um, it's not used in FAR Part 12, so just to give you a field where it's not going to show up. But, for example, if you want to really learn more about where the UCF shows up, as a community member, we have a webinar on this that goes through this and section. There actually, there are two of them, one on, on uniform contract format and then one specifically on sections L and M. So there's more meat on when and when not to use them in the community. But a real quick aside here on the acquisition time zones is something that this obviously affects all of them. <laughs> so this is another one of those zoneless casts. So just FYI, for those of you who are, are waiting for that little plug, I know people have asked about that. I've been waiting, Kevin. I've been waiting. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked about when the uniform contract format is required almost all the time. When is it not required? Construction contracts, architect engineer contracts, a few other little things, or the catch-all, when exempted by the agency head. So there's, if you need to get out of using it for some reason, which I have no idea because then no one would know how to do anything. But if you need to get out of it, <laughs> the agency head can say, don't use this great format that everyone already understands. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's, it's funny how often that exempted by agency head, the power of the pen shows up in a lot of places <laughs> in the car. But understand that that isn't you know, uh, a guy right down the hall. Usually that's somebody several layers from the contracting <laughs> officer. There's a real paperwork involved. When I was going through the, the list of the paragraphs of the, of the FAR that spell this out, I mentioned Section K, L, and M are different. Section K, L, and M are not part of a contract when the contract is awarded, but they are part of the RFP, and so they're at the very end of, of the list. And here's a fun fact about them is that Section K, which is your representations and certifications, right, that's where you say, yes, I'm a small business. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm able to do all these. There's a whole lot of stuff. I promise that I haven't been in jail for defrauding the government before. That's right. I'm not, I'm not funding terrorism, and there's all kinds of fun stuff. But here's the point. While that – understand this little fact. While that does get pulled out of the contract technically, there are two clauses. There's a FAR clause, 52.204-19, and then there's a, another one used for commercial acquisitions, 52.212-4, paragraph V as in Victor – that incorporates them by reference. So this is one of those little things that when we say it's pulled out of the contract, 
let's not pretend that what you certified to suddenly goes away. You're still going to be held to it. It's just that it saves like, you know, I don't know, 10 pages in every contract. Section K is looped back in there. Section L and M go away because they just told you how to propose and how the contract was going to be awarded. Bingo. Yeah. So why is this so important to understand? There are three things I like to use. The, 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 a little bit of alliteration for you here. Number one is, is in pursuit of consistency. Is it all needs to be the same, right? We've been talking about that. Is this isn't about bureaucracy. It's about consistency and being able to get stuff done. It's also in pursuit of correctness, meaning that we all know what the contract says. We all agree what the period of performance is in one place, and we all know where it is, and it's easy to it's track. It's not in three places. Correct. <laughs> and so the consistency, correctness, and the last one is competence. On both sides, it's, this is just easier to do. I mean, if you're a, a brand, if you just got your first government contract, this concept's easy to get. Particularly if you listen to this podcast, you generally understand where everything is. It, so your learning curve is shorter, and you can focus on more complex things like you know figuring out your overhead rates and and all that kind of stuff. There's lots of other stuff that's harder in government contracts. Let's make the framework easy so that competence part is help people understand it faster. So the format today. People probably don't even think about it because it's mostly set up by software. The, the government uses SPS, the standard procurement system, Conright. There's a, there's, a, there's a lot of different systems that are used to help write government contracts. But if you go back a few years before modern computing, think about, <laughs> think about, think about when a, a contract was actually written in a word processor like, like Microsoft Word or WordPerfect or – even before that, or go back to the days when these things were actually typed. There had to be a way to order thing, order the contract so that everyone knew what a, what part went where so that they all looked the same. So it was very important to lay this out in a logical and consistent manner for people to do. Now with software, you, you type in a CLIN, you type in the description – you put in the value and the funding and the period of performance, and the software splits that all out into the different sections of the contract as it goes. But as you're entering that information, you may not even know which piece is going where. However, well, let me throw in there that at the this, like many things, when that contract document spits out and that contract document then, then gets sent as a PDF to the contractor, the answer of, oh, well, the – System did this. That, that's not a good enough answer. It's the legal <laughs> document is the, is the con- so, and, and I say that because it, sometimes everybody, every contracting officer listening to this is rolling their eyes at the whole software because we've all had to butt heads with it. And to understand that the, the document that it generates, while easier, is what everybody has to that, – that's the sheet of music we're all singing off of. So, But just as a heads up, yeah, software manages a lot of this, which is why it's so important to talk about because some people don't realize – how complicated it can be to make a small change to section B when there's a software that you have to know how to use. You have to be able to make sure the server doesn't crash. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff going on in the background. Oh, my system's down. I can't get that mod out to you right now. <laughs> September 30th is a crazy day thanks uh, to software. Yeah. Okay. Let's get to the specifics. Why does the government care? Why should the government care about the uniform contract format? Well, a couple of examples. Last On the last podcast, we talked about why the contract type is important. We talked about the contract type being like the foundation of the, the contract that you're building. The contract type is essentially that concrete foundation. Well, the uniform contract format, it's kind of like the framing. Now you're building the actual framing. It's everything that, that the contract's going to do is hung on this framing, right? And going back to the example I used before is if we can't have everyone just winging it or it's 
going to be mayhem, right? <laughs> we need some, some consistency. So it's how we make sure that we all understand the features of the contract and, and where to find them. It's how we communicate. Again, it's the reason we're going over this on the, on the podcast. We always talk about the value of communicating. Understanding UCF, uniform contract format, is a really key factor in how well are we communicating. It's that common language. Everyone is speaking the same language about the contract. If, if, if I'm speaking German and you're speaking Mandarin, there's <laughs> a lot greater chances for miscommunication than if we all just speak English. Not saying that we should all speak English. I'm just just an example. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. You're getting the rabbit hole. <laughs> Having a, a uniform format saves time. Everybody knows exactly where to look in the contract to find what they're looking for. Period of performance is in section F. The funding is in section G. What contract type is each CLIN? Hey, section B. It's there. To excel in government contracts, you need to at least understand it. Let's talk about why industry should care about this. So from helping lots of small businesses, I I can tell you, it it helps to filter opportunities faster. If you know things like where are the evaluation criteria, where is the delivery schedule, can I even produce these products fast enough to keep up with this contract based on the fact that they're going to want 500 of these a month and I, I only have a production floor that has a capacity right now available of 250 a month. Right, rule that one out right away. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, the faster you can figure that out, it's just so much easier. Here's the other problem is as a person trying to understand the government contract, it would be a mess if you had to hunt through each RFP trying to figure out where the stuff is. So it's a it's a great tool. And, I, and again, as a, as a filtering tool, it's phenomenal because there's so many things that in the first five minutes of looking at a draft RFP or and for that matter, this is one of the things a lot of companies will come to us and say, hey, I found an opportunity. I want to go after it. And in five seconds, I can tell just from looking at one part of the contract, based on what we know about you as a client, this isn't a good fit for you. But that's because we know where to look and we teach people that. So it's, it's really a big deal. Let me take this one step beyond the acquisition, the RFP phase, the targeting phase to the administration phase. I have contracts with multiple agencies. They all use different tools to write their contract. Everyone looks completely different. We're talking uniform format but not uniform look to it. But I still know that the period of performance is in section F. So all I have to do is find section F, and that's going to tell me when the contract starts, when it ends. I know that the funding for an incrementally funded contract, it's in section G of every one. It might look different, but at least I know where to start. I I know if I find section G, that's where the money's going to be. It would be (laughs) incredibly complicated to do business with the government if every agency, every office, every contracting officer wrote their contracts or however they thought was the right way to do it. This is efficiency. It saves so much time. It makes sure that we're all communicating the same way. And no matter where you go in government or industry, if you say Section F, people know that that's where you find the period of performance. Well said. Let's wrap this up. What's the key takeaway from today, Kevin? For me, it's that this is not about bureaucracy. It's about efficiency. Is it understanding how to manage your contracts efficiently, how to award them efficiently, how to execute them efficiently is is why you have the uniform contract format. Simple thing, but it saves both sides time. It makes sure that we're all speaking the same language no matter where you go across government or industry. Whew, 
Ooh, okay. So that wraps up possibly the most boring topic you could ever discuss <laughs> on a podcast. So if you think that there is a more boring topic that we could tackle on the podcast, go to contractingofficerpodcast.com, hit that contact button, and let us know what could possibly be more boring than the UCF. <laughs> but th- thanks for joining us and, and making it all the way through that awesome topic. If, if you learn something from it, this is, this is a great time. If you're, if you're running down the street listening to the podcast – well, hopefully you're not running in the street. But if you're running, you got two choices. You could stop running, catch your breath, and text somebody. Then it doesn't look like you're actually wimping out on your run. Or you could just keep running. Use that voice memo feature. Give yourself a little reminder. Hey, when I get done running, I need to send a link to the podcast to a friend to let them know about it. If you have a topic you'd like to hear about on the podcast – Email me. The address is paul at contractingofficerpodcast.com. Let me know what you think we should talk about next. Remember, if you need help with the government market, you can join the Skyway Connection community. The Skyway Acquisition community is a group of former contracting officers just like us who can help you navigate this space. It's really fun for us to be able to help companies figure out what all this stuff means. To join the community, go to skywayacquisition.com slash connect. You can use the promo code podcast and try it for free for two weeks. And if you like the stuff we talked about today under our uniform contract format, go use that free promo code and watch the, the webinar we made and see just what we're talking about. I mean, this stuff does help you, and we really enjoy being able to help companies get smarter on this complex world we call government contracts. All right, Kevin. I'll talk to you later. All right. See you, Paul. Okay, that's it for today's episode. If you have questions, comments, or complaints, send me a note at paul at contractingofficerpodcast.com. Thanks for joining us. talked about this that's where you're gonna say before we get started i just was going to all right now there's a break and you gotta cut it out anyway all right here we go there's a nice break for you now it's by the way stop freaking out over and having to edit everything oh god you're like you're like a nazi over there before we get i'm laughing that's okay